Helix Energy Solutions Group, Inc. versus Hewitt. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. Argued October 12, 2022. Decided February 22, 2023. This is Jake Leahy with the Supreme Court decision syllabus. Respondent Michael Hewitt filed an action against his employer, Petitioner Helix Energy Solutions Group, seeking overtime pay under the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938, which guarantees overtime pay to covered employees when they work more than 40 hours a week. From 2014 to 2017, Hewitt worked for Helix on an offshore oil rig, typically working 84 hours a week while on the vessel. Helix paid Hewitt on a daily rate basis, with no overtime compensation. So Hewitt's paycheck, issued every two weeks, amounted to his daily rate times the number of days he had worked in the pay period. Under that compensation scheme, Hewitt earned over $200,000 annually. Helix asserts that Hewitt was exempt from the FLSA because he qualified as a bona fide executive, 29 U.S.C. 213A1. Under applicable regulations, an employee is considered a bona fide executive excluded from the FLSA's protections if the employee meets three distinct tests. One, the salary basis test, which requires that an employee receive a predetermined and fixed salary that does not vary with the amount of time worked. Two, the salary level test, which requires that preset salary to exceed a specified amount. And three, the job duties test, C-84, FEDREG, 51-230. The Secretary of Labor has implemented the bona fide executive standard through two separate and slightly different rules. One general rule, applying to employees making less than $100,000 in annual compensation, and a different rule addressing highly compensated employees, HCEs, who make at least $100,000 per year. 29 CFR 54-1-100 uh, and Section 541-601-A and B-1. The general rule considers employees to be executives when they are compensated on a salary basis, the salary basis test, at a rate of not less than $450 per week, the salary level test, and carry out three listed responsibilities, managing the enterprise, directing other employees, and exercising power to hire and fire, the duties test. The HCE rule relaxes only the duties test while restating the other two. As litigated in this case, whether Hewitt was an executive Exempt from the FLSA's overtime pay guarantee turned solely on whether Hewitt was paid on a salary basis. The district court agreed with Helix's view that Hewitt was compensated on a salary basis and granted the company summary judgment. The Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit reversed, deciding that Hewitt was not paid on a salary basis and therefore could claim the FLSA's protections. The court so held that based on its examination of the two regulations that give content to the salary basis test, the majority first concluded that a daily rate employee, like Hewitt, does not fall within the main salary basis provision of Section 541-602A, 
which states, an employee will be considered to be paid on a salary basis if the employee regularly receives each pay period on a weekly or less frequent basis, a predetermined amount constituting all or part of the employee's compensation, which amount is not subject to reduction because of variations in the quality or quantity of the work performed. Subject to certain exceptions, an exempt employee must receive the full salary for any week in which the employee performs any work without regard to the number of days or hours worked. End quote. Second, the court held that daily rate workers can qualify as paid on a salary basis only through the special rule of Section 541.604b, which focuses on workers whose compensation is computed on an hourly, a daily, or a shift basis. Because Hewitt's compensation conceitedly did not satisfy Section 604b's conditions, the court concluded that Hewitt, although highly paid, was not exempt from the FLSA. Reaching the opposite conclusion, a dissenting opinion determined that Hewitt's compensation satisfied the salary basis test of Section 602A and that 604B is not applicable to employees who fall within the HCE rule. Held. Hewitt was not an executive exempt from the FLSA's overtime pay guarantee. Daily rate workers of whatever income level Qualify is paid on a salary basis only if the conditions set out in Section 541-604-B are met. A. The critical question here is whether Hewitt was paid on a salary basis under Section 602-A. A worker may be paid on a salary basis under either 602-A or 604-B, but Helix acknowledges that Hewitt's compensation did not satisfy 604B's conditions, and the court concludes that Helix did not pay Hewitt on a salary basis, as defined in Section 602A, a conclusion that follows from the text and the structure of the regulations. 1. The text of 602A excludes daily rate workers. An employee, the regulation says, is paid on a salary basis only if he receives the full salary for any week in which he performs any work without regard to the number of days or hours worked. Whenever an employee works at all in a week, he must get his full salary for that week, which 602A's prior sentence calls the predetermined amount. That amount must be without regard to the number of days or hours worked. Or, as the prior sentence says, it is not subject to reduction because the employee worked less than the full week. Giving language its ordinary meaning, nothing in that description fits a daily rate worker, who by definition is paid for each day he works and no others. Further, 602A's demand that an employee receive a predetermined amount irrespective of days worked embodies the standard meaning of the word salary. The concept of salary is linked as a matter of common parlance to the stability and security of a regular weekly, monthly, or annual pay structure. Helix responds by focusing on Section 602A's use of the word received, contending that because Hewitt got his paycheck every two weeks and that check contained pay exceeding $455, the salary level, for any week in which he worked, Hewitt was paid on a salary basis. 
but Helix offers no reason for hinging satisfaction of the salary basis test on how often paychecks are distributed. And Helix's interpretation of the weekly basis phrase is not the most natural one. A basis of payment typically refers to the unit or method for calculating pay, not the frequency of its distribution. And that is how neighboring regulations use the term. The weekly basis phrase thus works hand-in-hand -hand with the rest of Section 602A to reflect the standard meaning of a salary, which connotes a steady and predictable stream of pay. 2. The broader regulatory structure, in particular the role of Section 604B, confirms the Court's reading of Section 602A. Section 604B lays out a second path for a compensation scheme to meet the salary basis requirement. And that path is all about daily, hourly, or shift rates. An employee's earnings, 604B provides, may be computed on those shorter bases without violating the salary basis requirement, so long as an employer also provides a guarantee of weekly payment approximating what the employee usually earns. Section 604B thus speaks directly to when daily and hourly rates are consistent with the salary basis concept. Reading 602A also to cover daily and hourly rate employees would subvert 604B's strict conditions on when their pay counts as a salary. By contrast, when read as limited to weekly rate employees, 602A works in tandem with 604B with 604B taking over where 602A leaves off. Helix's argument, to the contrary, relies on the premise that the HCE rule operates independently of 604B. Even if so, a daily rate worker like Hewitt is not paid on a salary basis under the plain text of 602A. And supposing that the HCE rule incorporates only 602A and not 604B, those two provisions still must be read to complement each other because 602A cannot change meanings depending on whether it applies to the general rule or the HCE rule. Regardless, Helix is wrong that the HCE rule operates independently of 604B. The HCE rule refers to the salary basis and salary level requirement in the same way that the general rule does. Compare Section 541601B1, requiring at least $455 paid per week paid on a salary or fee basis, with Section 541100A1, which requires payment on a salary basis at a rate of not less than $455 per week. And the two provisions giving content to that requirement, explaining when a person is indeed paid on a salary basis, are 602A and 604B, so both those provisions apply to both the general and the HCE rule. There is a difference between the HCE and general rule. It just has nothing to do with the salary basis requirement. That difference instead involves the duty standard, which is more flexible in the HCE rule. B. The court's reading of the relevant regulations properly concludes this case. Helix urges the court to consider supposed policy consequences of that reading, but even the most formidable policy arguments cannot overcome a clear textual directive. CBP versus Mayor and City Council of Baltimore. And anyway, 
Helix's appeal to consequences appears less than formidable in the context of the FLSA's regulatory scheme. Helix's complaint about windfalls for high earners, as the HCE rule itself reflects Congress's choice not to set a simple income level as the test for, an exem- for exemption. As to Helix's cost-based objections, the whole point of the salary basis test is to preclude employers from paying workers neither a true salary nor overtime. So, too, Helix's complaints about retroactive liability lack force because the salary basis test is not novel, but rather traces back to the FLSA's beginnings. Affirmed. Justice Kagan delivered the opinion of the court in which Roberts, Thomas Sotomayor, Barrett, and Jackson joined. Gorsuch filed a dissenting opinion. Kavanaugh filed a dissenting opinion in which Alito joined. Paul Clement argued the case for the petitioners. Edwin Sullivan argued the case for the respondents.